You're listening to the Frugal Spender Podcast, where we have conversations about the one thing you've always been told not to talk about, personal finance. Hey guys, and welcome back to the Frugal Spender Podcast. This is episode 23, and the topic I wanted to cover today is whether or not you should have and use a credit card. If you've listened to the previous episodes from the podcast, then you will know that I got myself into debt using credit cards. So I know firsthand the dangers that they face for everyday people. I will, however, be as balanced as possible looking at both sides of the coin on this subject, and I'm going to share with you the way in which I do or perhaps do not actually use credit cards. Over the last few decades, credit cards have become somewhat of a status symbol, and I'm certainly not immune to this myself. And I distinctly remember about eight years ago when I used to work as a cocktail bartender, there was a very, very rich man who used to bring his family to the bar for some drinks. And he used to pay every time he came with an American Express black card, which is a very thick, heavy, invitational-only metal card. And it's safe to say that this impressed me quite a lot. The very notion that he could buy pretty much anything he wanted on the planet with that card made me think that what a great job credit card companies had done over the years. This credit card, and to be honest, the majority of credit cards for that matter, made him and make people feel special. Having the ability to rack up serious debt was made to look very glamorous. And truthfully, I felt it too. It made me want to go out and get a credit card and live beyond my means. Spoiler alert, that's kind of what I did. So this outlook and a drop in income and an interest in online gambling that was for some reason becoming unhealthy led me to max out my credit cards just a few years later. And I was in the position where the minimum payments alone were preventing me from enjoying my money and most importantly, life. My misuse of credit cards and my poor outlook on personal finances was the cause of my financial problems, nobody else's. And I know that I'm not the only person that have been burned by credit cards. And there's going to be plenty more, sadly, in the future. But I hope whichever end of the spectrum you're on when it comes to credit card and debt, that you get something useful from this episode. Okay, so let's start with the benefits of credit cards. Firstly, Section 75 protection. So Section 75 of the Consumer Credit Act of 1974, popularly known as just Section 75, was a piece of legislation voted in by Parliament in the 1970s to make credit card companies jointly liable with retailers for larger purchases between £100 and £30,000. This means that credit card companies are just as responsible as the retailer or trader for the goods or services supplied, allowing you to also put a claim to the credit card company if you were to have any money lost during a transaction. It means that you don't have to reach a stalemate with the retailer or trader before you can contact your credit card provider. You can make a claim both to the retailer and the credit card provider, although it's important to remember that you can't recover losses from both, it can only be from one. And this right is particularly useful if the retailer or trader has gone bust, or it just doesn't respond to any letters or phone calls. And it's also good to know that Section 75 also applies to foreign transactions, uh, goods bought online or by telephone or mail order for delivery to UK from overseas. And probably most notably, Section 75's usefulness became more apparent in 2019 when travel agent Thomas Cook went bust, leaving an estimated 160,000 British holidaymakers stranded abroad. 
Many people lost money if they had not purchased packaged flights or used a credit card or had any travel insurance. Any flights over the value of £100 could have been claimed directly to the credit card company, meaning that the process of getting a refund would have been much more painless than trying to fight with Thomas Cook, who, at this stage, had some more pressing matters to worry about. The moral of the story here is that you get this added protection if you buy something that's expensive. Okay, next up, rewards points. So you can also earn reward points with certain credit cards. You just do your everyday spending with the credit card and in return you get cashback or points which you can then turn into vouchers or money off at various shops. Now you could earn hundreds of pounds worth of bonuses or cashback with some credit cards. However, this obviously requires you to spend a lot of money to rack up enough to get this money back. It often sounds great. Everybody loves something for nothing. But unless you're careful, these cards will actually deliver nothing for something as you may get hit with the interest if you don't pay them in full every single month. And some cards even impose a minimum spend to start getting these rewards. So always read the fine print carefully before choosing a card and make sure that it's actually going to work or benefit you in, in some way. But let's just talk about the elephant in the room. Nobody gets rich from reward points. And the actual percentage of rewards to how much you spend is estimated around 1%. Essentially, credit cards have just gamified spending money here. They use a simple psychological trick by rewarding you with what you deem to be free stuff for doing nothing different, no different behavior. You've changed nothing, but this just is not the case. We'll move on to why in a minute, but basically, you're going to spend more money. Do not go along with something you just hear people say all the time, because credit card companies are obviously trying to make you spend as much money as possible so that they can make as much money as possible. This is just their method of dangling a reward carrot that has proved pretty effective for them and not very effective for you, the consumer. Okay, next up, it could help increase your credit score, but slightly. So credit card balances do help build your credit score. That's a fact. However, it only accounts for a very small percentage of how your score is calculated. The exact percentage isn't easily accessible to the public. However, we do know that types of credit only account for 10% of your calculated score. So I would estimate it's probably a little bit less than that. Now, most people I talk to about this subject say that the reason that they actually have a credit card is for the very reason of boosting their credit score. Now, yes, like I said, it could help slightly, but having other credits such as a mortgage or even a mobile phone contract also adds to the calculation too. Any form of credit, aka money borrowed, will show whether you are responsible enough as a borrower to repay that money back in time. If you sign a contract and promise that you're going to pay every month, if you uphold your end of the bargain and continue to do that, it's going to show you in a positive light to potential future lenders. This is just what future borrowers want to know. It isn't specific to credit cards like many people believe. Now, I cut up my credit cards previously when I paid them off and my credit score did nothing but go up and stayed up without making any purchases whatsoever on a credit card for years. And in fact, I didn't utilize any more debt. In fact, my debt just went down. Okay, let's take a look at some of the downsides. Firstly, you're going to spend more money. And this for me, if there was only one reason to tell somebody not to have a credit card, would be it. Simply by using a credit card to make purchases, you are more likely to spend more than if you used a debit card or cash. And this ties in quite aptly with what I said earlier about the rewards you get when making purchases on your cards. Being incentivized by rewards forces you to spend more money, 
Now, you may not be conscious that you're spending more money, but you're likely to just make more purchases on your card because in the back of your mind, you're thinking, I might get rewards for this in the future. But even if rewards aren't in the equation, you will spend more money. And one study done by Marketing Letters, who produced evidence-based research in America, showed that when people are told to make a purchase on a credit card rather than cash or a debit card, they tend to spend more, staggeringly up to 100% more. And part of the reason for this is based around a concept in marketing called friction. Now, an example of friction would be when you go to make a purchase online, but it just takes too many clicks to get to the point where you hand over your credit card details or debit card details. In this instance, there are just too many opportunities to change your mind and give up. Companies invest a ton of money to make the process of buying items as frictionless as possible. Just think about Amazon one-click buy and why you get emails from companies when you put stuff in a checkout and you don't buy it. They're trying to remind you, you need to buy it, you need to buy it. This is just another way of reducing friction so you don't have to go back onto the website and put something back into your cart. You usually can just click the button from the email and buy it. Credit cards are frictionless. And now it could not be easier to purchase items with one-click buy or contactless, just a touch with money that isn't even yours. Now, another study by Dunn and Bradstreet in the US showed that when you pay using a credit card, it does not activate the pain sensors in the brain. It doesn't even register that you have spent any money and therefore you don't feel like you've actually lost anything. And I'm sure you can relate that when you make a purchase with cash, the trade is obvious, it's tangible. You hand over money, you get an item, you don't get the money back. Whereas with a credit card, you hand over your card, you get an item and then you get your card back too. Now, I can hear you screaming, yes, debit now, I can hear you shouting, debit cards do the same thing. Yes, they do have a similar effect, but studies show that it does activate the pain sensors slightly more than credit cards, but not as much as cash. Now, I appreciate that less and less places now are accepting cash a lot less as we move to a more digital society, but the truth and the evidence is there. And the takeaway for me with this information is that if you think you're going to beat the big credit card companies at their game, you really are wrong. Their entire existence, their entire job is to sell you a credit card and push you to spend more money on it. You would genuinely not believe how much money is spent on marketing for credit card companies in the UK. Okay, on to the next downside. You could forever be in debt. If you were to rely on credit cards for an emergency fund, let's say, or even just to use every day, you are statistically highly likely to pay off the minimum payments on the balance only, or at least not pay off the full balance each month, as many people say that they do. And according to a 2016 FCA credit card market study, only 28% of people pay their credit card balance off in full every month. That's pretty much one in four people that have a credit card that pay off their balance in full every month. And I can assure you, when I talk to people online about paying off their credit cards, but strangely, everybody I talk to about credit cards who is an advocate of debt and leveraging all say that they pay off their credit cards in full every month. Now, I'm not saying people are lying. I'm just saying that doesn't seem to add up with the actual evidence. But that stat means that 78% of people with credit cards in the UK are either paying the minimum payments or in between minimum and the full balance. And many people, including me, convince themselves that they will pay off their card or if not, they just move it around so that they reduce the amount of interest that they're going to pay. And this cycle can keep you with the balance on a credit card for an exceptionally long time. The minimum payment really is set so that you barely touch the balance, yet repay the interest, i.e. making the company money. Seriously, you could have a reasonably low balance on a credit card and if you just pay the minimum payments, it could take up to 20 years plus to repay the full amount. 
there are plenty of calculators out there. And I urge you, if you do have a credit card or if you're interested in this, just Google credit card repayment calculator and you will genuinely be terrified about how long it could potentially take to just pay off a balance of like a thousand pounds. And next up, I think credit cards give people a false sense of security. It can make you feel like you have this trump card in your back pocket that you can just use. It's a safety net, somewhere you can turn if an emergency arises. And with the best intentions in the world, people think if their car were to break down and to pay for repairs on a credit card, that they would just somehow find money shortly after, I don't know, the next month. They would just pay it off in full. And if it were that simple, surely you would have just found the cash to pay for the repairs in the first place. That just is not how it works. The goal needs to be to cut out the middleman and direct your efforts to building up an emergency fund of at least three to six months worth of expenses. That completely removes the need to have a credit card as a backup. This really is a much more effective way of being self-insured. And by doing this, when you need to pay for an emergency, you're not relying on potentially high interest rate credit cards to fund it. And lastly, credit cards allow you to live above your means. By having access to money that isn't yours, you are much more likely to make purchases you just simply can't afford. The ease of access to this type of credit can spiral you into debt very easily. And I speak here from genuine experience. When you make an impulse purchase on a credit card, you aren't thinking of future you that needs to pay that money back. Now, I had to train myself to think about future me when making purchases now. Now, that's not to say I can't be impulsive in any way because I have money set aside for fund money that I don't have to analyze to the nth degree when I make a purchase. But I do whatever I can to make sure that future me after a purchase isn't struggling, whether it's not having enough money for food or fuel or lighting or whatever it is. I make sure that those bases are covered first. Then I almost allow myself to be impulsive with a set of money rather than just always thinking about the now. You need to live on less than you earn. And if you're not in this habit, credit cards can only cause you serious issues. And on a final note about debt, in particular credit card debt. If you are struggling with debt or credit card debt and cannot afford the minimum payments or even feel like you just need some help, I would advise talking to somebody. It really does help. It's often not as bad as you think and there is definitely a way out. If you're resonating with what I just said, check out the National Debt Line or Citizens Advice or Step Change. There is no shame in seeking help and it's always going to be better to get more advice from other people. So to conclude, instead of relying on using credit cards when an unexpected payment arises, make sure you have an emergency fund set aside with at least three to six months worth of expenses if you can. Or if you can't afford that, just something set aside is better than nothing. I'm an advocate of the Dave Ramsey baby step structure. So if you have debt, you should get rid of that first. Just have £1,000 set aside. And then when you become debt free, you can boost it up to as much as possible. That worked for me. And I know it works for a lot of other people too. Instead of justifying the use of credit cards by saying things like, I get loads of rewards, why not put your money to good use by investing into something that will potentially make you good returns in the future? There are many people in the UK that I talk to about this subject that think that most people are sensible with credit cards and that they're perfectly safe to use. And this is true. However, that doesn't mean that the majority of people that use them can't potentially be worse off and that very many people are actually crippled by them. I view credit cards the same way as I look at cigarettes. This is an idea that Dave Ramsey preaches a fair bit. Yes, people can smoke their entire life without dying from lung cancer, but that doesn't mean that the cigarette itself isn't bad and actually has no benefit to your health. For me, the credit card is the financial cigarette. I wholeheartedly believe that you do not need a credit card to succeed with money and that by not using them, you can actually improve your finances dramatically. And this comes from knowledge, knowledge that is accessible to absolutely everybody. 
whether it's from books, YouTube channels, or podcasts like this. But the fact that you got this far means that you're looking for information on the subject of money or credit cards, which is a huge step in the right direction. I do want to stress though that if you are responsible with money and that you feel that you want to keep a credit card for the big purchases to get the Section 75 protection, that is probably the only time that I think is okay. But for the majority of people, you just don't need them. Guys, thank you so much. But before you disappear, please be sure to rate this podcast on whatever platform you're listening on and consider leaving a review if you get any value from what I talk about. Thank you very much, guys. Until next time, peace.